Good day to you. Hope you're having a wonderful day. We've been reading in the book of Deuteronomy. Now, last time we read Deuteronomy chapter 9. And if you remember, that was a recounting of the golden calf incident and all the trouble that the Israelites got themselves into. Now we're ready to read Deuteronomy chapter 10. This is going to be about the tablets being rewritten. And, um, well, let's just hop into that. I am reading in the Amplified Bible. At that time, the Lord said to me, Cut out for yourself two tablets of stone like the first, and come up to me on the mountain, and make an ark chest of wood for yourself. I will write on the tablets the words that were on the first tablets which you shattered, and you shall put them in the ark. So I made an ark of acacia wood, and cut out the two tablets of stone like the first, and went up the mountain with the two tablets in my hand. The Lord wrote on the tablets like the first, writing the Ten Commandments which the Lord had spoken to you on the mountain from the midst of the fire on the day of the assembly. Then the Lord gave them to me. Then I turned and came down from the mountain and put the tablets in the ark which I had made. And they are there, just as the Lord commanded me. Now the sons of Israel traveled from the wells of the sons of Jacan to Moserah. There Aaron died, and there he was buried, and Eleazar his son ministered as priest in his place. From there they traveled to Gudgoda, and from Gudgoda to Jotbatha, a land of brooks of water. At that time the Lord set apart the tribe of Levi, to carry the ark of the covenant of the Lord, to stand before the Lord to serve him, and to bless in his name until this day. Therefore, Levi does not have a portion of inheritance of tribal land with his brothers. The Lord is his inheritance, as the Lord your God has promised him. And I stayed on the mountain like the first time, forty days and forty nights, and the Lord listened to me at that time also. The Lord was not willing to destroy you. Then the Lord said to me, Arise, go on your journey ahead of the people, so that they may go in and take possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give to them. And now, Israel, What does the Lord your God require from you but to fear and worship the Lord your God with all filled reverence and profound respect, to walk, that is, to live each and every day in all his ways, and to love him and to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, your choices, your thoughts, your whole being? and to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I am commanding you today for your good. Now, he says this as if it's a question. It's kind of long. But he's saying, what does the Lord require from you? He's telling them what the Lord requires. He wants us to 
fear and worship Him with all filled reverence and profound respect for the great and mighty, wonderful God He is, to love Him, to walk in His ways, that is to live every day trying to follow the Lord. Now, we're not going to be perfect, and, and God understands that. That's why He made ways for us to be able to repent. Even back then, they could repent for their times, for their transgressions when they messed up. So so he's telling them, you know, follow, serve the Lord your God with all your heart and your soul. And notice it says your choices, your thoughts, your whole being. And that should be our goal, to serve the Lord with our whole being. And why is that? Because it gets the focus again off of us, and it puts our focus on the Lord and on helping other people around us, which is very important. And a lot of people do this. They have a heart for others. Some of us have to work harder at that. So that's that's a truth. That's just the way it is. Some of us do. Some some are better. at. Everybody has their things they're better at, and, and some of us have to work harder at those things. That is, that's the way of life, and it's something we have to work on and... Uh, you know, make that a goal and work toward. And notice that to do these things and to keep the commandments are for your good, right? Which I am commanding you today for your good. This is all for our good. This is for our betterment. It's not that he wants us to follow him to our detriment. No, he's like a parent. He's trying to teach us the good and better ways to live life. So I wanted to make sure we pointed that out. Now I'm going to continue on. Behold, the heavens and the highest of heavens belong to the Lord your God, the earth and all that is in it. Yet the Lord had a delight in loving your fathers and set his affection on them, and he chose their descendants after them you above all peoples, as it is this day. So circumcise, that is, remove sin from your heart, and be a stiff-necked, stubborn, obstinate people no longer. Now you'll remember, in the New Testament, Paul talks about circumcising your heart. Well, where did he get that idea from? The old law here in Deuteronomy uh, chapter 10, verse 16, circumcise your heart. In other words, remove sin from your heart. Remove that, that selfishness. And it's not that we can't enjoy things in the world, but our focus should not be on just our own selfish desires all the time. So I'm going to continue on. For the Lord your God is the God of gods and the Lord of lords, the great, the mighty, the awesome God, who does not show partiality or take a bribe. Now, I want to pause here because verse 17 is an interesting verse. It has some cool stuff in it, and I made a note here so that I would remember this. Okay, Deuteronomy chapter 10. Now, this is in verse 17. He's using a lot of words here for God. And I want to read it to you if you put the proper words in. I think, I think this comes off 
so much better. And I just want to, uh, I want to read this to you that way. So chapter Deuteronomy chapter 10. Now this is just verse 17. Okay. For Yahweh, your Elohim, your God is the Elohim is the God of Elohim, God of gods, right? Now that's pretty generic. So when we say Yahweh, your God is the God of gods, that makes sense. He is the God of all these idols and all this other stuff, blah, that, that stuff's meaningless. And the Adonai or master of rulers. Now the word for rulers is a similar word. It looks similar to Adonai, but it's not the same word. Adonai is the master. And so he is the master of rulers, what we think of as rulers, people who are in power, the great, the mighty, and the awesome El. Here, he doesn't use the other words for God. He uses El, the singular, the awesome El, right? So he is the singular God who does not show partiality, or take a bribe. And you can think of where he says Elohim of Elohim. He is also the judge of judges. There is just such power to this one verse and all these things that he's saying and how he's describing God here. For Yahweh your God is the, and you could say the judge of judges, the God of gods. He is the master of rulers. He's the great and mighty, the awesome, the only God. And that's, that's how you look at that, that the awesome, wonderful God, and he does not show partiality or take a bribe. So I want you to point that out because I just felt that was very powerful when I looked at that. It just was very meaningful. I'm not even sure I've grasped all of that, but um, it just meant a lot to me. It was really expressing to me how we should look at the Lord. So I want to move on, though, in verse 18. Continuing to talk about the Lord, he executes justice for the orphan and the widow and shows his love for the stranger, resident alien, foreigner, by giving him food and clothing. Therefore, show your love for the stranger, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. You shall fear and worship the Lord your God with all filled reverence and profound respect. You shall serve him and cling to him, hold tightly to him, be united with him, and you shall swear oaths by his name. He is your praise and glory. He is your God who has done for you these great and awesome things which you have seen with your own eyes. Your fathers went down to Egypt, 70 persons in all, and now the Lord your God has made you as numerous as the stars of heaven. Now that is the end of the chapter, but I want to point out one more thing, how God is stressing to them, because you were a stranger, okay? Because you were a stranger in Egypt. And think of their condition in Egypt. They were a stranger, they were oppressed, they were enslaved. All these things, he's saying, for that reason, you know, show your love for the stranger. Now, in here, 
they they translate this and they they talk about it as being a stranger, uh, a resident alien, or a foreigner. But I think we should look at that as everybody. Anybody I do not know is a stranger, and I, I think that's really the intent here is that here we have the children of God, and He's telling them to show love to other people that are not necessarily children of God, right? He's telling them that he does so. He says he executes justice for the orphan and the widow, right? And shows his love for the stranger by giving him food and clothing. Should we do any less? No, we should not. Here is another example of the Lord. He sets the example for us to follow, and then he tells us to follow this example. Therefore, show your love for the stranger, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. And we've all been strangers at some point. We've all been the new person, or we've all been somebody who's um, maybe just having a bad time in life. Maybe we're going through hard times. We've all been that person at some point, and we need to treat others the way we would want to be treated, right? The golden rule and help those in need and help those strangers. So this has been Deuteronomy chapter 10. I want to thank you for listening. Hope you have a wonderful day. May the Lord bless you and keep you safe. And remember, God loves you.